what is the right way to do dating? Okay, so maybe it's not as simple as that. You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast where we talk about what life is really like as a Christian in your 20s. And from mistakes we've made, things we wish we had done differently, to looking at the world of dating as a first-timer, today's chat is all about dating. Without further ado, I'm Tim. I work in Family Life's radio production department. And I am Trinity, and I work for the events department. I'm Mary, and I work with Tim in uh, radio production. And I'm Aaron, and I work in the theater department. All of us have been on this podcast before, but some things bear repeating, especially in an episode like today's, where we're talking about relationships and dating. And a first thing to say is that, yes, Trinity and I are married. So you could say that we're on the other side of dating, but we're not like dating experts where we still have a lot to learn and talk through and figure out about relationships and everything in general, along with everybody else. I guess if I were going to start by saying what my relationship to dating is pretty limited. The first person I actually dated, I'll say actually dated, is and was Trinity, uh, my wife. We met when we were really young and we knew each other as family friends for a long time and just really had a unique relationship where by the time we both actually became interested in each other, we had known each other for what, seven years? Seven or eight years, yeah. So long time. we had really kind of gotten a lot of the, the regular meet the parents, you know, get to know each other kind of things out of the way. Definitely there was a lot to still get to know each about each other and there always still is. But before our serious dating relationship, for myself, I had, yes, gone on dates before, but not actually dated per se. So never had really been in one relationship where I said to one person, hey, I'm, I'm, we are this, we are boyfriend, girlfriend. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we've got a lot more to talk about, about how we define dating, what even is dating. So I'll turn this over to, uh, to you, Trinity. Tell us a little bit about your relationship to dating. My dating experience is a little different. Um, I dated a few people through high school and college and, of course, started dating Tim when I was in my early 20s and we got married. Let's see. I was in, I've been in two relationships in my dating career, for (laughs) lack of a better term. (laughs) So, total of about 15 months, I think. But now I'm currently single. And ready for Pringles. Is that how that saying goes? <laughs> it, might, it might as well be. I can't say I've heard it. I'd be glad to, to let you coin that, though, if it's not taken. Okay, I'm going to copyright it right here and right now. <laughs> so for, for me, my relationship with dating, as we're calling it, has been pretty much non-existent. I've gone on a handful of dates but nothing exclusive or anything like that so here's a newbie trying to tell you what to do so (laughs) (laughs) well that's what i love about this podcast is we get to yeah explore these things along with everybody else and yeah it's not about us having the answers and preaching down to anybody so question number one official question number one that i have for you guys what does dating look like today 
out there, as it were, when you look out and see it? I think it varies um, in different circles. And I, I guess first I'll just point out in media, the way media portrays relationships is so far away from truth. It's just mind boggling to me. But I feel like media tends to portray it kind of with unhealthy expectations of what the guy should be like, what the girl should be like. I think it really does have a negative effect on young people who are entering into the world of dating because they're looking to to films and TV and books to be like, oh, this is what my relationship is supposed to be like. And hey, when you enter into a relationship and you find out it's really not that glamorous, it's hard. And I definitely experienced that as a high schooler because I I thought that's what it was going to be like and it wasn't and it was disappointing. <laughs> Twilight series. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, it's true. It is true. But anyways, moving on from that. Also, I think social media, a lot of times you see it as this flawless, perfected, filtered thing where it's just this really great relationship. And I don't know. So that's just one side of it, of course. You know, but a lot of times you do see a lot of really healthy, Christ-centered relationships. And then other times you just see a person hopping from one person to another person to another person. So it's, you know, that's just what I have seen ever since being a kid, really. Just like, wow, there's so many different ways of how people go about their relationships. So I think I'll start by going off from one of the things that Trinity, that you said that reminded me of a lot of things that I've seen growing up. And even in the work that I've done in the past, I've worked at summer camps and I've worked with a youth theater camp. So I've had a lot of interaction with kids of all age ranges. And those ones that are in a relationship and ones that I've seen growing up, they seem to be wanting a relationship to fill this hole that they have in them. It's kind of like they're lonely and they're depressed which I completely understand. And social media displays and the media in general displays, if you have the significant other, it'll make you complete. And they're always referred to as the better, my better half and things like that. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing to refer to them as that, but I think it can give younger kids, young teens, a wrong picture of what it's supposed to actually be like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Social media, I tell you, it's not the enemy here, but there's a lot, <laughs> there's still not a lot of positive words for it in this podcast, I feel like. Mary, your thoughts? Kind of taking both what Trinity and Aaron said, and also taking account into account that I haven't really experienced dating for myself. To be honest, seeing all of those things from social media and the way it's represented in movies and TV and books and that type of thing. And then just like looking at my friends growing up in high school dating. And I, I never really saw any of my friends growing up in good, healthy relationships. And all of those things combined have made me, to be honest, scared of, of dating and, and, all that goes with it. And I'm a perfectionist and the oldest child. So I, I have the need to do it really well and set a great example for my younger siblings. Yeah. Dating in the world today doesn't look on the surface like a very positive thing in, in my 
point of view. Yeah, I think too many people use dating as an identity. Like this is who I am and this is how I want people to see me as I'm in a relationship with someone. So I'm not that weird loner. And it also means I don't have to constantly be third wheeling everywhere I go. So they use it as more of like a way to define who they are instead of actually building a relationship with that person. Like, I don't think it's a conscious thing that they do. Maybe some people do, but I think a lot of it is like a subconscious motivation that you get from seeing little things here and there. And you're like, oh, I need this person to fulfill X problem in my life. And that's what it ends up doing. Let me just say, I am a great third wheeler, (laughs) or at least I've had a lot of practice. (laughs) Um, But also, yeah, and seeing other relationships, seeing that they're all looking for someone to make them happy and not necessarily looking for ways to make the other person happy. And it's very, it seems at least to be very self-focused. That's something that I noticed in uh, some of my previous relationships. There would be certain areas where after we broke up, I would look back and I thought during the time, I didn't realize it. But looking back and doing some self-reflecting, I realized that there were many times where I was selfish in my motivations because I wanted this person to be like fulfill this need. Like you want this person to be a good spouse for you. And so you want them to fill fill in like all these check marks that you have, all these check boxes that you have. But sometimes that's something that they have to grow into and you work together as a team to fulfill those needs. It's understandable to want that person to fill those check boxes, but you shouldn't be pushing them away until you've seen them, they fulfilled everything and then pulling them back in and being like, okay, yes, we can keep dating. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hop right in there too and say, I have totally been there. Also, I really struggled through high school. I, I, I was homeschooled until eighth grade and then I was sent to public high school, which was so difficult. <laughs> oh my word. I, I got through it though, but I, I didn't have a lot of friends and I was so lonely. Of course, now I'm entering into that age where I'm interested in, in different guys in my school. And for me, it definitely became of, I, I'm so lonely. I'm so sad and I'm hurting so much. And I, I just want a person to, to, to be with. I, you know, there was just a couple of guys in high school that I, I liked that kind of dated, but not really because I wasn't really allowed to date. Um, <laughs> maybe more on that later. <laughs> But (laughs) Tim's laughing really hard at me over here. Um, But yeah, it was definitely like a, I didn't recognize it at the time. But, you know, looking back, it was just like, wow, Trin, you were lonely and you were looking to this boy to fill that void in your life. And ultimately, you should have been looking to Christ. And that's such a hard thing to grasp as a high schooler. Um, well, not even as a high schooler, but even today, how do you, as an adult, as a 27-year-old woman, how do I find my joy and my fulfillment in my relationship with Christ? And that's always a struggle for so many of us. But in high school, when there's just so much happening in your life, and it's this really scary time of so much change, it's 
it's it's really hard. So yeah, I can just say, speaking from experience, I've been there and it's it's a difficult place to be in. And even through college, I struggled with that challenge of not looking to a, a guy to bring me joy to fill that hole in my heart. There's a lot of ways dating can go wrong because we're imperfect people. And as I'm hearing everything you guys are saying, I can think of, okay, yep, guilty there. Okay, yeah, I've been guilty there too. And I mean, that's what you expect. That's part of the deal when you're a human. We're not perfect. So what is dating and is it important? <laughs> I'll start. <laughs> okay, so dating to me. At a very young age, I probably would have been seven or eight at the time. I had three older siblings, uh, a few years older than me, and <laughs> my mom and dad put together this little document called the Lucas Standards for Dating. And it was a bulleted list of what was allowed in high school. And there was, you know, it was pretty strict. We weren't allowed to go to proms or homecomings, no single dating. We were allowed to have, you know, a young man over for like a family date night kind of thing. And then, of course, at the end of that document, my dad would list like, don't forget that your father has a martial arts background and owns this gun <laughs> and bench presses this many pounds, you know. So that was important. Just in case but... you weren't intimidated enough by a family that had a dating <laughs> requirement sheet posted on their refrigerator. But by the time it got to me, my parents had loosened up a little bit. But still, my point with all that is my parents never treated dating lightly and they tried to instill that in their children's lives. So basically, um, I would define dating for me as choosing to get to know one person to see if there's somebody you want to marry. That's how my parents treated dating and how they wanted us to. They didn't want us dating around in high school and college unless it was going to be a serious thing looking forward to the future. Because why would you date somebody if you don't have a future with them? Because at that point, it's just going to be a waste of emotions, a waste of time. And I know not everybody sees it that way. We all see it differently. But that's just kind of something my parents had instilled in me from a young age. And something I wish I had respected a little bit more through high school. Because looking back, I do wish that I hadn't you know, had a couple of these dating relationships that I had. I wish I had just waited until I was a little bit older. But yes, that's how I would define dating is just spending time with a person to see if they would be somebody you'd like to marry, if they'd be a good fit. And by that definition of of dating being that kind of a test run to see if two people are going to be able to work for marriage, under that definition then, yes, dating is important. Because my, my question here is, what is dating? Like, what even is it? Can we define it? And and is it important? And with that definition, I think the answer is yes, it, it is important. When it, when it comes to how the world might define dating, however, I think the answer kind of gets flipped on its head. And, and I would say to the world's definition of dating that no, it's, it's, it's not important, not important in, in the ways that, that the world might want you to think about dating. And, and what are those ways? Well, the world would say something maybe like what Aaron pointed out, that it's a way to fill an emotional void or that it's a way to be able to portray yourself as having reached a certain apex of, of status on social media. 
It's it's a way to gain self-worth and to feel good about yourself and to find somebody who makes you happy. By those standards, with that definition, if that's the definition you go by, I'd say no, dating is not important in that sense. It's not going to it's not going to get you any of those things. I wrote my definition down because I like it a lot. <laughs> um, so I'll read it. Um, dating, in my opinion, is a way to get to know another person better before deciding to make a lifelong commitment. It's supposed to be both fun and serious. That's almost what I had written down. I said it's a way to define a relationship. I think dating should be used to determine this is where we are in our relationship to each other. And it kind of puts you in a box so you know these are the boundaries. So you're not like going out and dating multiple people at one time, but you have more time to focus your energy on building a relationship with this person and getting to know them more and um, seeing how your personalities interact with each other and maybe what your weaknesses are and how you can support the other person and their weakness. I also called it a commitment before the commitment. So you're committing to focus all your energy and time and getting to know this one person to see if you're ready for the ultimate commitment, using air quotes here, that is marriage. So I think if we're going to go and say that dating is a commitment before the commitment, then in that sense, it's really important. And you get to see how much more faithful that person might be in a more serious relationship. I, I want I, I love that, Aaron. And I just wanted to also say um, with along with both of you are saying it's so important to ask yourself hard questions when you're in a relationship with somebody especially if you have the intention of marrying that person eventually. And they're not easy questions, but you have to ask yourself, do I see myself marrying this person? Hmm. Can this man or woman be a, a, a good parent? Would he raise kids well with me? Would he support and invest in my siblings, in my parents, in my grandparents? But the most important thing, which is pretty obvious does he point me to Christ and encourage me to grow in my relationship with him? That That is the most important part of a dating relationship. And if you have a lot of no's, even if you love that person, it might not be good to stay in that relationship. Because, I mean, if you answer no's to those questions, if or when you break up, it's going to hurt so much more because you invested so much time and energy and emotion into that relationship. So why would you want to prolong it if you know deep down that that this partner doesn't get a lot of yeses? So I think those are important things to consider, even though they're really hard. Yeah, no way about viewing dating in a Christian worldview is super easy, though. And in fact, a lot of the things about, about following what Christ wants of us aren't easy. So I think what you were just saying is a really awesome segue from... How do we define dating? And I think we pretty soundly, all of us agree that it is it is a commitment to the extent that you're seeing if a particular person is going to be a good fit to be committed to in a relationship that, that continues and is, and is Christ-oriented as a marriage someday. So moving from that definition into, okay, so we're Christians, how do we do this? How do we go about dating as Christians? Say you're talking to somebody who is currently dating, what's what's a good way to do your relationship 
as a Christian? I would say, first of all, there's no way that dating should look. There's no specific way that any relationship should look except for the fact that you're helping each other grow closer to Christ. But there's plenty of ways that it shouldn't look. (laughs) (laughs) So like I mentioned earlier, I think that defining a relationship, it kind of puts it in a box. Usually people say, think outside the box. But I think in this case, having a box, having limitations is good because then you know you're not going to cause any unnecessary conflicts. So we each have our own boxes when it comes to dating and like we're putting ourselves in a box so we know our limitations. But that box is going to be a different shape and size depending on your personalities and what you like or don't like to do and things like that. And so I think that that changes. So then that's why I say there's no specific way that it should look. It's whatever's right for the two of you. But as far as what it shouldn't look like, I think one of the biggest things is, and you probably hear this a lot, you shouldn't have sex before you get married. That's one of those things where, I mean, it seems like every generation probably says this, but it it, it really just always feels like that's that's an area where people are willing to give up more and more ground, maybe culturally, even, you know, of course, within the church. And Aaron, you had said something the other day that I thought was, wow, really good. And I'm going to just quote you on it. I'm just going to steal it from you, but I'm saying that I'm stealing it, so I'm not stealing it. A society's <laughs> dating culture is a reflection of its marriage culture. And it's 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 no secret. We've all heard the statistics that are super depressing about divorce inside of the church being in some instances as prevalent as outside of the church. If Christianity then has that kind of marriage culture where there is unfaithfulness and not always the expectation and understanding of of that purity being kept between the husband and wife, then why should we expect even our own Christian dating culture to have faithfulness to Christ in the sense of keeping oneself pure from sex before marriage? Uh, I mean, that's a that's a bleak thought in reality, but I think it's one that is, therefore, it's always worth bringing back up. Anytime we're having a conversation about this, it, it shouldn't go unsaid. Yeah, the way people go about dating changes from time to time and culture to culture. But the truths that we operate out of as Christians and our our standards for what a a dating relationship up to marriage should look like, that doesn't change in in regards to standards God holds us to. So I think that's a really good thing to keep reminding ourselves of. Other thoughts? Well, I mean, I guess I could um, plug in the Sunday school answer, which would be bring Jesus into the relationship. (laughs) Praying together and um, studying God's word together are really important things to keep as routine in a relationship. Yeah. I love that. I would say find a mentor, somebody that you just really respect, you know, whether that is your mom or an older sibling or a person in the church, youth pastor, whatever, just Find somebody to encourage you through your relationship. I've had a couple of mentors over the years through high school and college and even after college. And just I just have so much respect for these people. And I just love the valuable input they give me. And sometimes it's not always easy. Sometimes I kind of hate what they're saying. But I know that they're coming from a really great perspective and that they love me and they want to see me thrive. 
So when you're dating somebody, I think it's really important for both you and your significant other to have different mentors. And then I would also say set an example to your younger siblings, even your younger siblings' friends that you may not see, but people are going to be seeing you interact with your significant other. And you just, I think it's really important to show them what a healthy Christ-centered relationship looks like. Because I can guarantee you, you wouldn't want your little brother or your little sister in a really unhealthy relationship. So they do look up to us to set a good example. And I think that's just really important. And then, of course, I think it's just great to make your family a part of it. Like, Mm. I... I love, you know, when Tim and I were dating, I would just love family nights where Tim would be over and my family would all be around and we could just hang out and cook out and watch movies and play games. And it was just such a special thing. And I love that while I was falling in love with Tim, my family was falling in love with him too. And I think I can say that vice versa. I think Tim likes my family. Yeah, they're they're pretty great. Of course, we were kind of at an advantage because they already knew Tim before we were dating. But let your family be a part of that because your parents will will love it, I think. Yeah, it's a couple of things. Trinity, when you said your younger siblings and the friends of your siblings and will see your relationship, I think that's a, that's a really good point because like I mentioned that I've had experience working with all age ranges of kids. And the things that I noticed is that they will see everything you do, especially if you're somebody and you already have a relationship with them, you're like the next best thing since sliced bread mm-hmm. in their in their opinion. <laughs> and so they want to be like you and they want to do the kind of things that you do. And I had so many kids when I was working at camp, they'd come up to me and be like, oh, I can't wait till I'm old enough to work here and do what you do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's just like, like you always know that they're watching you, but sometimes you're not always thinking about it. And so I think it's really important to really set that example, especially if it's someone that you have a relationship with already, because whether or not you realize it, they're looking at you. And sometimes it's best to show them the right way to do it rather than the wrong way to do Mm -hmm. it. The other thing that I had to add. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with Veggie Tales, but there's one (laughs) short little phrase from one of the Veggie Tales episodes that I think fits perfectly in here. Don't be selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Timeless wisdom from a vegetable. (laughs) Yeah, because I think selfishness in relationships, as in all other aspects of life, it can show its head in many different ways, especially like when we're not even thinking about it. And that little things that we're doing might be selfish And I think going back to talking about having sex before marriage, I think that that's another way that ends up being selfish, whether you mean it to or not, because you are engaging in the act for your desires and you're not holding out for what God asks of us to do. And sometimes those relationships fall apart after you've already had sex and then that makes the breakup even harder and can be even more damaging both physically and emotionally. One of those many times where we come around to seeing why God says what he says and why he's wiser than we are. Oh yeah, if I had listened to you, I would have learned this. That's the good thing though about having a God who is who, who forgives us and a God who redeems us, my goodness.
talking earlier about mentors and keeping even your parents involved. That reminded me something that, that you had said, Mary, from uh, your mom. Some like advice, some wisdom from her own experience. Yeah, so um, that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that I uh, was talking with my mom and just about life and stuff, she's told me that one thing that she regrets when she was dating my dad was that she sort of started to not hang out with her friends as much. And by the time she got married, she really didn't have a close group of friends. And even now, she she still struggles with, with that aspect. So I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind is that just because you're dating doesn't mean you can lose all your friends. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, yes. And they're they're there for you and to support you and you need to invest in them just as much as in the other relationship. Yeah. So I could boil down everything we've said here kind of to three three things about how to go about dating. I think We've said servanthood in one way or another is really important. Treating others, not, not being selfish, not looking what I can get out of it. Treating others, your significant other, as more important than yourself. Like Philippians 2 says, to consider others as more important than yourself. Friendship is another thing we've pointed out here. The idea that keeping your friendships close, both with your, your your social circles and your family, keeping those people involved in your relationship and, and not disappearing from any of those relationships, whether your family or your friends, is going to be healthier for your, your significant other relationship. Because you, these people know you, these people love you, and they care about you. And then the, the last one kind of fits into that. And it's a, that idea of guidance or having a mentor and having somebody who can tell you that you're going in an unhealthy direction or you're, you're, you're engaging in some things that you really shouldn't be right now. So being a servant, keeping your relationships, your friendships, and being guided, having a mentor. Those are some three overarching principles for things that are good while you're dating to keep in mind. What about somebody who's not dating right now? Somebody who hopes to be and wants to be, but they are, it is in the, either in the past for them, it's, it's never happened or, or it's in the future for you. It's, it's something that, that you're, you're, you're hoping to resume at some point. What are some words for somebody who's not in the dating world actively right now? Well, I guess I can uh, say something about that a little bit. One thing that my parents tell me constantly is that it's best to be friends first without even thinking of, oh, this person might be good in a relationship. Just hang out with people your age who you enjoy hanging out with and see what happens, you know? <laughs> but I love that though, because it's honest. It, it's honest to the relationship to treat it as a friendship first. If you're hoping, and sometimes you can't help but hope, but like if you're hoping too so much for something else to come from this, then if that doesn't happen, then you've lost that whole relationship. Be friends first. I love that. What else? I think if you're looking for groups of people to hang out with, it's also wise to keep in mind where you're meeting these groups of people and what their connected standards are, because you don't want to become really attached to them 
to find out that maybe they're not going to be encourage you and help you in your walk with God, or they're going to be throwing the classic word toxic uh, <laughs> to your help. And, uh, and just be wise with your choices and who you hang out with. And then I think you're also more likely to find someone who's willing to have those commitments when you're in the right groups of people. I could talk about this topic all day long, but um, another thing that I was just thinking of is it's super important to just be yourself. If you're trying to project a personality that isn't true to yourself, then it's going to feel off to people. And speaking from experience, it's not going to you're, that's not how you make friends. You need you need to be yourself and just be comfortable in who you are and people will be attracted to the authenticity. We would be remiss to have an entire episode, uh, an episode that's about dating where we don't talk about online dating, right? Like that's a, that's a really big thing nowadays. And even earlier, I mentioned sometimes we have like not the kindest of words for so social media and things. For what it's worth, I'm just going to jump out there and say I've I've definitely seen online dating work really well. And I've seen in-person dating work really poorly. Like it's I would just submit that I don't think it's about how you're meeting the person. It's about how you choose to conduct yourself in that space and in that relationship. What are some thoughts, though, from you guys on that on online dating? When I was younger, I thought the idea was kind of strange to me but i remember my dad saying once like like trinity it doesn't matter you know where you meet this guy like it is totally okay and and hearing that from someone like my dad who is very conservative <laughs> he's a pastor very strict on dating so him that saying surprises that, me <laughs> so that kind of shifted my perspective don't shrug it off it's worth trying and i can even say for my brother he met a wonderful young woman online and they're getting married this summer, hopefully. And and I have many friends who have used those kinds of platforms to meet their significant other and just these really beautiful relationships have blossomed and they've been they've gotten married and I definitely think it's worth it. If if you're single and you just feel like there's not really any other young people in your community that you can connect with that believe the same things as you do, it's definitely worth trying. I think the the idea of people saying, well, you meet somebody online, how can you really know who they are? It's like, you meet somebody in church, how can you really know who they are? I mean, really, some people, like you were saying, Mary, will be able to present a version of themselves that isn't authentic or true in person and can be really deceptive to a lot of people for a long time that way. The, the same skills that you need to apply in-person relationships of discernment and seeing the fruit in somebody's life and knowing what really makes them tick I think that can probably apply online as well. They're just little different ways of, of getting to, to know people, but nothing that is impossible, certainly. All right, so if you like what you're hearing so far, let me just remind you, please do subscribe and share this if it means something to you on your feeds, wherever you share stuff naturally yourself so that other people can find it too. So in our long and expansive dating careers as you so eloquently referred to it as Aaron and in the wisdom of our old age what lessons can we bestow on the future no but seriously though like everybody's experience is important and I think it's just important to be like yeah maybe I've had a lot of experience maybe I've had almost none 
but it's it's still real and it's still therefore valid. So what are some personal lessons that you've learned either from your own experience with dating or viewing other people's dating relationships? I would say group dates are great and I encourage them. It's funny because, you know, Tim and I have been married now for like five years and I feel like we've done more group dates now as a married couple with other married couples than we did when we were like just dating. That's and, true. That's very and it's true. so much fun and I love it. And I, I, I kind of wish that I had done more group dates because I think they're so much fun and you're, you're not only investing in your significant other, but you're investing in two friends and you're kind of rooting for them too because you want to see them, you know, hopefully end up married together as well. So I just think it's a really fun thing to do and I think it's really healthy. So that's something I guess I could say I wish I had done differently. But also I will say this, and I'm pretty sure everybody could probably agree with me on this, that I wish I didn't date in high school. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more to say. (laughs) I just want to say when you say group dates, it just makes me think of my father who just this weekend actually was like, yeah, you need to go on like group dates like I did. And my mom gives him a look because when he says group dates, he means him and a bunch of girls. <laughs> and he means me and a bunch of guys. And I'm like, Dad, that is not what that means. <laughs> so anyway, I just needed to put that out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> group dates okay how your dad defines a group date when I was in college this guy I had been talking to he invited me to go see Wreck-It Ralph in the theaters I was like yeah I would love that that sounds great and to me it sounded like a date okay it was a date so so I'm looking forward she swears it was a date I'm Tim's heard the story a million times I'm looking forward to this so much I arrived to the place that I'm meeting him at come to find out He's invited like 15 other people. I don't know how I missed this, but it definitely wasn't a date because I ended up driving myself to the movie theater with a couple friends and he drove with another girl. So maybe, maybe I'm finally willing to revise my position on this story and say, yeah, maybe it was a date from his perspective, only he had like Mary's dad's perspective. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a date. He's inviting the whole town. <laughs> maybe it would help to throw in there then uh, be intentional in your relationships and your decision making. communication is key, uh-huh. as I've heard multiple times. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Especially when you're in the phase where, you, where you're like, I kind of like this person, but I don't know if they like me. Maybe we should go on a date. I think you should very specifically use the word date when you ask them so that they know and there's no <laughs> miscommunication and they don't find out that it's a group date. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, who knew group date was such a loaded phrase? I didn't know it had this range, this range of meaning. Wow. <laughs> So, okay, so from lessons learned, so everything from being intentional to uh, really clarifying if you're going on a date or not, to piggyback off of what you mentioned, Trinity, on the idea of, of going on dates with with other dating friends, don't lose sight of your friends. We already mentioned this, but it's so important. It's so important because every relationship is going to be tried when it starts. It's going to face the pressure 
of we'll go and seclude ourselves and we're just going to go and run away together and nobody will ever see us again. I think I I think probably most relationships go through that. I would say if I had anything a lesson learned and I look back and I something I wish I did differently. Yeah, I I wish I involved I wish I involved my friend relationships more in my dating relationship. I wish Trinity and I I wish I had been more intentional about staying involved with the 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 friendships and relationships I had at that time and bringing Trinity into those every relationship in your life will be better served if you stay present to it and, and don't let another one overshadow it. Along with what you were saying, ultimately at the end of the day, whether your relationship is good or it's bad and falls apart, who's going to be there for you if it's not your friends? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another reason why it's really important to have them. Because even if you have a really good relationship with your significant other, they can still be involved and they can still you can still have that relationship with your friends, but then if for some reason you have a bad breakup or you end up splitting, you haven't lost three, four months of a relationship with your friend and they're like, okay, I see. Now that the other person's gone, you automatically want me to start being your friend again after you just ignored me for the past four months. That's a super good point. Mm -hmm. We checked a lot of good boxes here in this chat so far today. I think we've been around the block. The world has no shortage of bad examples when we're looking at this whole topic of dating and how a relationship should go. But don't let that discourage you because it doesn't have to be that way. This is an exciting thing, something that you and another person who shares your beliefs get to define for yourselves. And you get to embark on that relationship under the designs that God has laid out for us for our personal holiness. So don't go it alone. Don't disappear from your relationships and your or your family. Keep those people involved because they know you and love you the most. And whether you're dating right now or that's something you hope for in your future, don't forget to be present where God has put you right now. Thanks so much for joining us. If you liked it, please do share it. Share it with your friends. Share it uh, in person or on social or whatever way is natural for you to share things that you like with the people who you like. Also, some other things that you might like, 10 Minutes With is a Family Life original podcast interviewing Christian artists, speakers, names you're going to know for 10 minutes. And Therese Talk, some cool life tips, fun stories, interviews, and just generally all around good stuff with Family Life's own Therese Main. You can find any of those by searching them by name wherever you find podcasts or at fln.org slash podcasts. We hope to talk to you in the next one.